Hello. Hello, Dami. Hi, Fela. Welcome to today's episode. Hi. Um. Thank you so much. Yeah. So much. Yeah. You're welcome to today's episode, and um, today we're going to be talking about um, the enters moment. So I'm trying to wait a little bit. Um, yeah. I understand. Everyone else to join, and depending the time that they join, I'll, I'll just um, you know read out a couple of names, and uh, I hope we can remember them and understand why the protest is being heard. So yeah. we have Jim or Isiak, we have Sleek, we have Ayomidi Taiwo, we have Peter Ofurum, we have Chika Ibeku, we have Chibuke Anams. We have Ifoma Abugu, we have Kristen Onigo, we have Emmanuel Igo, we have Victor Maduago, we have Chidi Odinawa, we have Steven Agbanyeme, we have Tony Uruama, we have Tiamu Kazin, we have Musa Samani, we have Koladi Johnson, we have Onogo Matthew, we have Chinidu Ani, we have Precious Odua, we have Richard Gora, we have Chidio K. Loo Anya. We have Linda Iguitu. We have Daniel Teller. We have Harry Ataria. We have Johnson Inomeka. We have Femi Bilo. We have Chima Ikunado. We have God Gifts Ekerite. We have Gabriel Owoicho. We have Tina Ezekui. We have Modiba Yawusika. We have Linda Iguitu. We have Daniel Adewi. We have Chukwemeka Masi, we have Chika Sideko, we have Azumaka Madweko, we have Renji Bala Uzeli, we have you know Tiami Kazim, we have Joseph Idoneji, we have Anita Capson. We have a lot of names and I I can't read all the names, you know, it's just too much. And um yeah. These are the people that um, SARS have taken from us. And um, I just want to welcome um, Folari and uh, Didi Shomoye. They're here. And welcome, guys. Hi, guys. Hi. What's up? Uh, good. I'm good. Uh, we're just going to speak on um, SARS today and the menace they have become in Nigeria. And... I just want you guys to just, you know, share experiences, you know, and hopefully we'll be able to come to um, a reasonable conclusion today because um, some people are just trying to discredit the whole movement and trying to turn it into a respect agenda or respect war. So I don't know if uh, Fela can actually, you know, start. And just, uh, you know, if you've experienced them, you know, just share your experience. Okay, so... Um... So I, was, I, I kind of feel like every Nigerian youth that's, you know, grown up in Nigeria has experienced SARS. Well, personally, I, I think the first time I experienced, like, the, what they do was 2016. I just finished school and I was going from the Keja City Mall to my hotel in Keja with my friend. And we pull up while on um, Tony Street and we're in the cab going towards the hotel and these guys stop us. At first I was like, you know, it's police, so like, you know, you compose yourself because you don't want any wahala. This was about, um, for context, this was about 8 p.m. at night. Okay. And 
the first thing that they said, like before we even we even said good evening officer or anything, say cab guy, drop these people, start the group. Which, you know, in English is say he tells the cab guy to leave and it's just two of us there with like six police officers. And then before like all this happened under two minutes. They've taken our phones, they checked through our phones and at that time I didn't actually know that, you know, it's pretty smart to delete all your texts from your bank and all those <laughs> things beforehand. Yeah. Like that time I was still green, I was Jew. <laughs> <laughs> I was Jew. So they and so they saw, you know, now like I think somebody sent me money like the day before or something. So like eighty K in my account. My other guy saw like forty K in his account. I, I kid you not, between that and being in the back of poli- of the police van was not for thirty seconds. Two seconds, like one inside the back of car, one on the road. They say, ah, with the go station, we all boys, this one, this one, that one. Somewhere point gun at my head. Thing you come, you come. And I me, mean, I was still trying to explain myself. Say, ah, chief, how far now? Like, like this thing is not a big deal. Like, if it's money, if it's money that you people want, you know, like, yeah, like we, we can roger you five k here now, and we'll be on our way. Like, <laughs> it doesn't need to get this far now. He said 5k. Um, <laughs> um, before, I, before we even finish that statement, slap, 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 slap. So at that point, and I knew that, oh yeah, like my own is finished this night. So the guy said that, oh yeah, well, yeah, oh boys, like, carry <laughs> If not, if we don't bring 300k to bill ourselves, that um, Nasser will go sleep this night. I mean, I was actually, if not for the fact that I was with somebody. Me personally, yeah. I've just talked to you, you're carrying me go sell because the money no day. You understand? Yeah. But I was with somebody and I'm fearing for that person's safety as well as mine. So yeah. I think at the end of the day, Sha, we talk, talk, talk. They carried us to Diamond Bank ATM on that 20th street. Yeah. And they collected 30k from us that night. But what was even what was even the funny part? And that was even pretty tame. Like as far as you know, a lot of sales experiences go, that was pretty tame. But like even after they carried us to ATM and collected 30k from us, as well, they now said, "Oh yeah, they will do, they will do holiday for us and drop us back at our hotel now inside the <laughs> inside the police." Oh van. my goodness! Oh my goodness! What's thing that now happens uh, as we're now going back? Was the hotel side now? You now got called, say I'm robbery in progress. Say like from the area area DP or something. Say I'm robbers. They moving one car or the other, like three catcher. So, mm. kid you not, these people carried us to chase a robber inside their car. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> This thing is not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> like they used me to push a robber with AK-47 on my head. I was just like, God, see, I've accepted that today's the day I'm leaving this earth. Just let it be quick. Cause like, uh, uh, I'm being mad. At that, at that time, I was like, what? How old was I? I was maybe like 19 or something. So like, in my mind, I'm like, these people are actually about to end me now. Like, thankfully, they didn't end me. But like, can you imagine that kind of situation? And that's and. That's the kind of thing that almost every Nigerian youth, especially guys, can relate to. Because, mm. you know, as they just, they just see you on the road, just because you're not, you don't look like you're haggard or something. Yeah, exactly. Or you're using a nice phone. Like, it, or you have beards. Like, just because you look different from the normal 
Nigerian, you know, skin cut and shit or something or trad. And even that trad said you get level. So like it's just a very confusing situation to be honest to for most Nigerians because what do you actually do? Like every time you want to go out to dress down or something like and that even leads me to my second, you know, second experience because this one happened in January. I was, okay. I was coming back from a date. Actually, I was still with the person in the car and we're going at, this happened in the same schedule like on the same road self. so like we're going back to we're going back home now and I was, we were both in an Uber um, this guy that um, so this guy is now stopped and yeah. obviously I was already living in America at the time so they stop us, they do the normal thing, they see my phone. I think the, the first thing he actually said is, ah, you did your gun, now see your phone. That's the first thing the officer said to me. What was the meaning of that? Because he had caught like, they had caught like five guys. They had five guys like on the other side of the gutter. Already, they were already, those ones already looked like they were about to piss on themselves, to be honest. Like, they, had, I could tell that they had stressed these guys' lives. So, it was like, they if you dig their gang i now brought out one of those guys phone it was the same you know the same kind of phone and he's like oh yeah i don't catch you today this is so he said they essentially separated both of us now me in my mind i'm like this babe now like mommy carry account this wahala so like i can't afford for things to go left so the first thing he says is oh yeah guy we don't catch you now bring 300k i'm like oh, what? 300k and I just told you flat out. It's like there's a like there's a three hundred K sign. I'm like, uh-uh, yeah, I'm now with him. And for me at that point, it was like because at this point I you know I've experienced SARS and I've seen it happen to many guys and people have given me stories. So in my own head, I'm like, there's nothing on this earth that's going to make me give you bar. If you want to carry me to station, carry me to station. So and because I knew I had nothing incriminating on me, so like they could, they could not even make a case for a uh, Yahoo boy or something, something. Thankfully, yeah. that night I didn't even, I didn't even wear my, my earrings. If not, that would have been a whole different scenario on its own self, because then you become a cultist. Then, yeah. so essentially, this guy goes through my phone, he checks my emails. Then the problem was like two days before I had paid my rent here. So he saw that um, email confirming it in the dollar amount. So from that point on, I was confirmed a Yahoo boy. Yahoo boy. So that's how we now started, you know, I now started telling him, say, oh God, it's not this, I'm an architect, this, 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 this. Say, which kind of architect, get this kind of money, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, guy, really? Like, do you really not expect people to have good things in life? In my head, mm-hmm. anyway. So at long, long story short, yeah, between me and babe, we had already co- finished convincing them that we don't have any money at Kimiko. But at the end of the day, it was now getting late and the ro- road was becoming deserted. You get so, and these guys were obviously drunk. Like, I could already see the guy, some of them try- started to make moves towards the girl. So I just jogged, ra- I jogged the other side of the road. It was, I think, UBA ATM that was there. I just withdrew 20k mm. and gave them, say, oh yeah, take. And what? Mm. The crucial difference between this one and my first experience is that the first time everybody that passed the road they didn't even care about say what's in the happen to these boys. The cabman, like he didn't even think twice, he dropped us and left. Just but left, this one, yeah. I was in my Uber. The Uber guy refused 
to go anywhere. And that was the point that I now started to understand that I feel like Nigerians as a whole, or maybe Lagosians, but like Nigerians as a whole by extension, have started to like mm. be tired of this rubbish. Do you get? Because get legit threatened to shoot his tire, and he said, "I'm not going anywhere until this guy is back inside my car." Yeah. So like, shout out to that guy. He's a real one. Probably mm. saved my life. Or like, yeah. Mm. That's a traumatic experience. Uh, Polari, would you like to share your experience? Mine, yeah. Well, mine was mine was just it was like deja vu because I did not even like. Dami obviously has an idea of how we all grew up. We're not really like it's only Dami that was literally out there. We were just for context. Taking... Polari is my cousin. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so Dami was like the elder eldest person there so that was always out there we were always indoors so and the moment we we're about to leave the for the world we left the country i left the country i was supposed to mix up i left the country so when i was always going back my views were always different so then where we used to wear slippers to go out i came back i couldn't i couldn't even wear slippers anymore it didn't just I had to dress up nice. I had to always be good when I'm going out. So I had this movement. I had this movement that I always make from beggar to Anthony every time to go and see some friends there. And maybe we used to probably go smoke something there just to chill and relax. So it was like I would literally dress well to go and push up. I mean, it wasn't it was like it was part of me because it was already but that was not even the matter i was i was in this group by other people entered there this guy just stopped us me i just thought it was just regular i was like when they stop i'm like that is his problem that's the uber guy's problem i did not even know it was my problem mm. did you get because me i was just casually snapchatting because then i was hot on snapchat because my hand was <laughs> shaking every small thing i'm snapchatting so mm. these there were two guys i saw one at in front and i was i didn't know how the other one crept up behind me like a rat and opened the door he said you did you the video happy just opened the door snatched the phone everything on my lap fell into the gutter so i wasn't even worried about my phone because i was with my laptop and everything at that time yeah so i had to, i had to go inside the gutter and get my power bank and everything first before i go and settle the guy because i know i locked the phone all the grad guy is doing you can't do anything until you post the phone so <laughs> I first took my things and I was like, okay, let's start to the thing. I was like, Diafa, you the video me. The, the, the video that was the issue, not even, they used the video to take me to their so-called station, which I was a Jew, like this guy said. I did not, what did I know? What, my own is to let's pay the money and let's get out of this place. That's what was on my mind. But these people saw the way I was looking. They saw the bag. I was using one because one of my friends bought an LV bag. So I bought it from him. So and I brought that bag home. Do you understand? I yeah. brought an LV bag. And I carried it. <laughs> I put the bag in a cab. And I had a laptop. I had a phone. I had a power bank. <laughs> did, did you just understand what is happening? Yeah. Right? I set myself yeah, up. You imagine <laughs> my phone was about to die. Mm. Do you understand? Like everything that was supposed to save me was failing me. Yeah, able to call my father because that was the first thing I was thinking he died. So the smartest thing was on my mind was to brag about how big <laughs> my father was. That was what that was what was in my mind. Do you understand? Because sometimes I always believe that if I speak like I know what I'm saying, 
they will always be intimidated there is no how because they are dull they are they are dull and they will remain dull do you get so i was like see it's not a matter of money let me call my father right now and we'll set it that's what i was telling them but at the point as i was calling their bluff they didn't want that phone call mm. they didn't want it so it's whatever i had with me they wanted to take and let me go but they searched my passport they, i don't even know why i was with my passport but it was they saw it i was like where am i i said cyprus that even made things worse yeah because here's the land of crime <laughs> do you understand so they were like ah next thing they saw something perfect money on my phone they just that's when anything i said was zero they went on my snapchat was once they opened my phone i already did the video asap the one i took of the policeman so they were now looking for other videos i don't know why mm. you, scroll, you will see a video of today or you'll be scrolling to last year's video to see the video i'm like i really you can't find the video why are you going to last year's video mm. then they saw the whole some smoking videos they were like obviously maybe what i was doing was smoking and pressing laptop at the end of the day they, they took me to their dpo so-called dpo but do you know the funny thing is that was not a police station it was just an empty building filled with people that they have locked up and mm. they are so-called dpo said he will slap me he will slap me hey, this that you this i was just sometimes i because my mother used to beat me when i was young and when she used to beat me when i was young i knew the only way to catch her mind the time she's beating me i'm smiling so i knew that it was always pain her. so i was also smiling when they were shouting i was like i was just smiling at these guys i'm like because i was still trying to compose myself because everywhere was oh, people were around so i didn't believe that these people are this violent i never knew they were violent at that moment mm. but at the end of the day i was literally tired because i wanted to, my destination was where was on my mind not what all these people were doing at the end of the day, they just took me to the ATM. I was like, how much? They said I should bring 100,000. I first looked at them. <laughs> I was like, how much is the issue I'm here? <laughs> like, what is 100,000? Oh, my God. I'm like, I can't even call my father right now. Because if I even... You even get angry at them to leave me alone in that place. Because 100,000. And it was just beyond. I could not even start... And I'm good at pricing. We priced that thing to five thousand. We priced we priced the old hundred k to five k. Went to the ATM and I gave it to them. To be honest, they they literally. I I never felt. I've never had that much security going to ATM before in my life. Yeah. Four five guys followed me to the ATM, waiting. And it was just it was surprising as to the fact that it was very casual. It was like a normal day at the office for them was and and the way they even hold my they, they grab my shorts and they will hold it and put me on a bike before going to the station as in i felt i, I know to be honest it didn't even make sense why would you wear that nice clothes and somebody would jack you like that like mm. I, it, 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 it scarred my brain to be saying that anytime i'm going home like this i if nobody can drop me at this certain place or taking public transport was the best way entering bus was the best thing than entering uber because we are all on the same level if we enter public transport because if you if you are on uber if you're inside an uber um, cab you're either a yellow boy or you are something else but if you're yeah. on if you're in the yellow buses or kekemara yeah it's casual it's casual it's ca- as in they won't even look at you that way so i had to start entering public transport i felt safer in public transport than entering uber and it was just to be honest I, I, and that was the last time since then i don't think i even let them try that thing to me it was just traumatizing I, I, i'm I would... so sorry for your experience 
and i was so lucky i feel like i was lucky that i did experience this violence this other guy's experience because the ones i'm seeing online is i feel, I feel like they graduated to another level because hey i i because what i'm seeing is is crazy man people killing i know it doesn't make any sense at all it doesn't hello motola hi for hi Hey. hey Kelly, hi DG. So, uh, sorry about that, Polar. Sorry about your experience. Um, I know Taylor don't want to come in. Um, uh, she'll come in in a bit. Um, I'm so sorry about that, Polar. Um, I don't know, DG. Would you like to speak on your all experience right. so far with Sir? Um, all right, Peter. I've lost the words. Um. <clears throat> I think I've had mild experiences, to be honest, because the ones I've been hearing lately are more so terrible. <laughs> but the very first one <laughs> was, I think, 2012. Um, myself and a couple of friends from Babcock, you know, we had gone out for, gone out of school for the weekend. It was somewhere around Adelaide. And, you know, we're going back to the hotel, see around 10, 30, 11. Yeah, and yeah. Just some minutes, you know, before we got to the hotel, we saw this guy. In fact, stars police, they had the same thing, to be honest. So, because this one, they were, you know, normal police guys in uniform. And they stopped us, you know, searched the car, told us to calm down. Who are you guys? We're like, we're students, what school, Babcock. The first thing, um, your father and mother, did they know you're outside school? <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you <laughs> didn't know you're outside school? And we're like, then you know, the guy started searching the car. Then he found a pack of cigarettes, and he goes, "You guys are four stars." <laughs> like, <laughs> number one, what are you doing outside school? Are you not supposed to be in school? Blah blah blah. And you know, at that point, juvenile. And <clears throat> the guy goes, "Oh, take them to the station." Or if they don't even want to go station, cock this gun, blah blah blah. Two of two of my guys, you know, the Lagos guy. I, mean, I grew up in Abeokuta, so you know, <laughs> yeah. I still had that fear. I'm like, ah, what is happening? Or, you know, we did call my parents Abeokuta and say, ah, your son is in police custody. And we're like, you know what? Okay, what will happen? The guy said we should bring on Jack Key. Do you know that night, the guy told one of his guys. To follow me to the ATM machine because three of you guys were like, you know what, let's just pay something. Then we got to the ATM, we drew 50k, yeah. gave it to him, yeah. and we went back. When we we're going, the guy was talking to me casually, like, ah, that you said she have a band say you did outside school. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> she was giving you awesome. advice. And I'm like, no, you guys don't with us. <laughs> and so they got the 50k <laughs> and, we, and they left. Funny thing, the following day we saw these guys in Ogudanos in a street in very popular street in Ireland. And you know, they waved at us, they're like, ah, yeah. our guys. And my man was like, God. The second um, experience, in fact, this was just a few days before I left uh, the country because I was going to see my father-in-law. And I took I took an Uber from Magodo going to Fagba. Along the line, of the guy it was mm. I was even in traffic. I just saw this guy in Mufti. I was even thinking, ah, who is this one? In Mufti, and he told me, Oga, mm. carry your window, come down. 
And I'm like, yes. Ah, then I saw their boss. I was like, guy, comfortable. Because <laughs> <laughs> these ones are real sad guys. And he was like, where are you coming from? I said, my good He said, where are you going to? I said, Fagba. He said, who is in Fagba? I said, I'm going to my father in those house. He said, are you married? Mm. I said, yes. I showed him my ring. He was like, what's in your bag? I said, I, saw, I, I took my bag. I gave it to him. He said, are you telling me to start putting my hand inside your bag? I said, but now you asked what's in my bag. And I opened my bag. He told me, bring out everything. I brought it out. My only saving grace that day so because i had sold my car mm. and the guy that had bought my car gave me some cash i was mm. actually going to hold that cash to deposit in the bank but do you know for the fear of mm. stars to be honest i just thought you know what just keep this thing at home when you know i'm able to just sharply go to a bank close i'll just because if, I, if that guy had been able to get get rid of me with the cash to be another thing you know mm. so i just told him see your guy i'm going to <clears throat> my father in those house, blah blah blah. And he looked at me, he stretched my bag. He was like, Come on for here. I said, D. That's sorry? That's what he said. I'm telling you. He said, That's what he you. said. So in my mind, I was like, So were you actually waiting to find something incriminating so that you're able to yeah. say, You know what, this guy, you're a fraud star. To him, it was just like bad market. But at that point, I was just like, yeah. No, I just left. So it's been very, very, very crazy. I have a friend, he's a trader. This guy makes legit money. Mm. Do you understand? And it's so sad that as mm. a Nigeria, you really cannot spend your money the way you want it because of the fear of SARS. So he got a Benz, not far long. He could not get the type of Benz he wanted to get. Why? Because he felt, you know, SARS will always disturb him. So he had to get a lesser uh, model from what he wanted to get. Guess mm. what? The day yeah. he drove that car in Lagos, they still stopped him. No. So, <laughs> it, it's yeah, just, you know, it's very, 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 very As long as you're not driving Kabu Kabu, they will I'm stop telling you. I'm telling you. It's just... They stop you. Do you get... Because, yeah. So, I'm so sorry that happened to you, like... Ah, uh, man. I'm, I'm so crazy. speechless. Because <laughs> I've never, like... <laughs> had my own sexual experience with them like because god that day i would die because i just do not you get that day i would actually die police <laughs> has not stopped me because the police even attempted the way i answered this guy they come they say you want to harass me i say i'm asking you a simple question i think my psyche is tinted how is it tinted ask him I, I, where is the tint maybe you should go and check your eye because there's nothing tinted in this car what is wrong with you? Hmm. As in, like, like it's just I just hate intimidation. Hmm. I hate bullying. I hate injustice. So like, I wouldn't be able to take hmm. it. And like, like someone put in hmm. here mild experiences. These experiences are not mild. Like hmm. because it will still fuck your head up. Like you have paranoia. I know. Like look at your friend that doesn't want to buy his car because of that severe paranoia. And you shouldn't live your life like that. Like that. Like like that is that is not life. That is not what kind of life is that. And mm. you make people fly to conclusion, bro. Like, I've never seen... You would think women fly to conclusion. You've not met that. Stars will see Donald Trump's picture. They'll say you are doing Yahoo. Like, wait, how the fuck did you get there? Okay, Kardashian's picture. They'll say... How the fuck did we arrive at this point in time? Honestly speaking, like, these people... These people, like like I said yesterday, like... um, Somebody said something today that, that, that reiterated that point for me. 
that the the place was not even an office it was a building i strongly mm. believe i strongly believe hmm. that this house officials are ambrose and peter so you want to police of course no. you want to police oh, yeah, call, 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 go stand for this convict that is they, they, they don't have they training don't have the barest minimum it's it's audio they don't do they don't have training i mean look at they say they set up swat is it not friday they are they are starting training on sunday yeah, but but it's what yes, has but, been but, in but i agree but i'm saying look just look at let's assume it's even brand new they said they, cre- they created it is it not tuesday mm. or wednesday they said they are starting training on Sunday. where do you get the people from which kind of even my zenith bank job did not take three days to get the job so what you see why it's making me angry you see why it's making me angry because these people think we are they think it's a joy like people have that this is one for how the one for being 200 bodies inside a river for god knows how long and nothing has happened no are people not living in that state you get like how are you yeah and uh, he was was fast and he he wasn't arrested. He was for, for killing. He wasn't arrested I'm not sure he has been arrested. He left the governor's house. It's when did they sack him? No, he's not been arrested. When they sack him, he hasn't been arrested. They, I think they sacked exactly yeah, the governor. Sack it's because, because of the new things. It's not because of killing the bodies. Because he got yeah, caught. Yeah, That guy is a serial killer. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Kelly. Okay. Please, before you go on, please, Delodo. Please, do you have anything you you know you'd like to share with um, us? Please. Hi, everyone. Hi. Sorry, it took forever to get connected. Hi. I literally was just going to say that for me, um, this is something yeah. that honestly, because I left Nigeria once in twenty twenty fourteen, and I haven't been back home since I left. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So for me, hmm. like. Obviously, we all knew that we had issues, like fear issues in Nigeria. Just hearing this and just seeing what people are going through, a part of me for some very strange it's it's it almost seems like film trick. I'm like, please, from where to where? Because obviously, when I left, yes, it wasn't like I see things were great or amazing. And I feel like we've always known police would always arrest citizens and we always have to settle them. But just seeing the magnitude yeah. and how much it has grown is insane. And even just thinking about the fact that in Nigeria, they cannot just see you for friends because they want our youth to be to not have smartphones, or you cannot just even have small money or be elite a little bit. It's like how is how is that the basis for like profiling people and uh, and you know and that is the reason why you're killing them. Like that makes absolutely no sense. And even just thinking about the perspective of the fact that like I said, I haven't been back home. So if I don't, it feels like I literally have no authority to speak on this matter because it's like, even if I try to say anything, people will be like, yeah, well, like, what do you know? In Nigeria, you knew it's not in Nigeria that we have now. Um, which is why I, I'm, I'm very, like, apprehensive talking about this because I'm like, people might think um, I literally have no authority mm. to speak. No, it concerns every single person. That's the mistake that most people are making. It concerns everybody. I think the biggest problem that we have are people that are trying to, um, you know, excuse themselves from this to be like, oh, I'm not in Nigeria, or pretty much it's not their problem because it's, it's literally oh. everybody's problem. It's, it's, oh, like, it's crazy like, that. Sorry to interrupt you. Like, I'm not supposed to say. Yeah. Like, I'm not. I, I am very, like, are you kidding me? Like, my sister lives in Nigeria. I have friends. Of my course. My family. Like, 
of course. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of like, I can't remember what I was talking to, like, somebody I went to high school with in Nigeria, and they were like, yeah, but like, what did you know? It's not like I see you as gay. That's just that's that's ridiculous. ridiculous. That's yeah. unfair. In as much as, you know, you might not have experienced it in person, you know people who have. I'm very sure that, you know, if they've not harassed you, you know, a couple of times, you don't know oh, think they've harassed or you've joined money. Or you've joined money to deal somebody who has been arrested. Mm. Like, it's it's just bad. So, it's not only the police, you know, the task force, the last all man, of all of them. That's same good. brand, same brand of rubbish. You know, and they just pick on people, you know, based on, you know, maybe she's a woman, she's driving a fancy car, you know, and they just, you will call your husband today. That's the first thing you see. But honestly, just, I feel like, just, sorry to interrupt you, I think when we talk about yeah. the um, woman part of them, like harassing women in Nigeria, that just also comes yeah. down to just how, like, the society is built where it's like a woman cannot be, like, a woman is nothing without her, or like, why can't she own the car herself? Why did they have to be like you call your husband? You know what I mean? It's just always like yeah. very archaic, um, myopic thing that a lot of yeah. Nigerian men, but well, not men in general, but like they typically have about you know just like it just it really but when they yeah, stop I, with I, men, yeah, it bothers them. And they feel like yeah, and it also shows yeah, it also shows you know one of the reasons why um. You know the older generation who are not in support of this are actually quite upset because you know we are not respectful according to them yeah. you know the way we pass our message across they are slightly mm. inconvenienced you know the way we you know block the roads you know protest and they're quite unhappy about it and it's you know it's just showing that you know there's there was one um there was one exchange about this um NSAS, um thing about causing yemi i hope Everyone, you know, does everybody know the story about causing him? Yeah, so it's technically it was a guy, you know, who was on a family group chat and he was trying to just, you know, share his views that, you know, people are being killed, blah, 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 da, 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 da. And next thing, the guy was now like, oh, you cannot be talking like that. He cannot be talking like that. We're older than you, blah, blah, blah. So he now said, causing Yemi, you know, you know, and technically the guy took offense that he had an opposing view to what he said and because he called him cousin yemi he now started with oh i'm supposed to be you're supposed to call me uncle because i'm much older than you but technically he's his cousin so like the borderline of respect you know when you don't give them the respect mm-hmm. they're looking for or you don't succumb to their just you know, Oh, just to play devil's advocate here so, like the things that you can't mm. entirely blame them because you know like when we're speaking about societies as a group is a very nuanced thing where you know what you've been taught to an extent especially when it comes to things like respect because mm. you're, you're taught especially you're yeah. you're taught <laughs> funny enough if you live in different parts of the country you actually find out that it's actually a national thing like it's not just a Yoruba thing. It's just it just expresses mm. itself in different ways. Do you get what I'm saying? Because like, because yeah. when you when you really talk about this respect thing, is how they've been trained. Then you now couple that with the fact that you know they grew up in the Nigeria in the military Nigeria, not the democratic Nigeria, where like once constituted authority says something, if you talk back, then like you get what I'm saying. So like, we need to understand that context. Yeah. 
in as much as we are breaking away from that context, okay. we need to understand what's happening. And so it is, I don't know, it's the responsibility of the person that's trying to change things to accommodate those guys. Do you get what I'm saying? Because at some yeah. point, like if the movement yeah. does, you know, become mainstream and global, then at some point they stand to benefit yeah. and they'll see the reasons why do you get but at the beginning of it yeah like it is at the end of the day our responsibility to still come and say oh this is this this is that i understand this respect people like you know this is how things have to be because of this 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 and a lot of the, the time they will not agree with you like i was talking to one of my friends in their in their own family group chat like you know he went to the protest and he posted a picture on the group yeah. chat and his mom was like he should, you know, go back home. Like, he doesn't live with them, but she was like, he should go back home. Mm. And his dad was like, you know, listen to your mother. And he was like, never. You know? Mm. And obviously, like, there's probably going to be a whole conversation behind the scenes about respect and things like that. But, you know, you know we also need to recognize the fact that we're not kids anymore. Like, you know, people our age, four times yeah. in the world, and, I, and people I, younger than us. So we're not children. And... The country mm. is suffering from this mentality where everybody that is older or or in a place of constituted authority thinks that everybody that's not is you know their child. That is, that's why you see a governor telling telling you my my son, like, bro, we elected you. We are not family. You are you are an employee of the people. So yeah, they, I think there also needs to be a mindset shift, but that will come with time. Mm. Fair enough. That's fair enough. But um, I just want us to understand that um, actual change, or you know, proper change, or the kind of change that will shift a nation, is not going to be handed down to you know us. And the people who are in positions of authority or in positions of power would not relinquish Absolutely. that power to us for any reason, unless we take it by force. Now, if we don't take it by force, or if we try to take it by force, it will be unpleasant to them. They might not like our means, they might not like what we say, they might not like how we go about it, but it needs to be done. Now, this generation that are just above us, the ones who grew up in the 60s, in the 50s in the 70s and in the 80s these guys did not have to fight for anything they had the best of nigeria their parents actually fought for nigeria's independence but these guys had the best of nigeria they went to cheap schools most of them went to free schools the ones who grew up in the west went to free schools you know they went to affordable um universities they had the best of everything they could travel they could walk during nyc and save money you know, but now we are just protesting, not for, you know, basic amenities, not for good health care. We're just protesting for them to stop killing yeah. us. That's the message. And I don't think that's too much for anybody to ask. You know, if, yeah. if that makes sense. So, sorry, someone's um, phone is actually making a lot of noise right now. Yeah, so as I was saying, um, it's you know it's quite much for you know for us at the moment. So that's why we're not relenting and we're not um going to back down on it. Yeah. 
So, um, I don't know, is there anybody else you know, want to share from or, or like, have anything? Um, yeah. Is anybody on a train right now? Sorry? I'm the only one on a train right me. now. Oh, okay. Well, what? Not me, what? Not me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah. What okay, I just so wanted to share is, um, because you were touching yeah. on the topic of change and you know, taking it by force, yeah. I think it's also important yeah. to, for us to realize yeah. that there, there is um, that we're in a very precarious situation as a country. So, like taking the change by force mm. still has to be the right kind of force yeah. in the right way. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Like, if you look at the situations in Mali, mm. South Sudan, places like that, Libya, like, they, yeah. they have, you know, they have taken, they've enforced change by force, but it has also, you know, disintegrated into anarchy. And Nigeria is not the kind of country that mm. you can afford for that to happen. Like, that's a country of 200 million people. If anything, if Nigeria becomes unstable, mm. the whole of West Africa, by extension, becomes unstable. But Nigeria don't you feel Nigeria is unstable is within unstable. a context? Like, it's unstable. It's weird. It's actually, Nigeria is a very weird country. It's stably unstable. I don't know if, if that makes <laughs> sense. Like, we have, you know, like Boko Haram does control, mm. you know, significant territory in the north, north, um, northeast, and you know, Mend mm. controls some yeah. interesting territory in the south, south as well. But at the same time, we're not mm. unstable to the points where everything is lost. You know, it's like like you could still, go, you can still go to the bank and expect your transaction to come through. You, you guess like some things are still in place. It's, weird and i think that's by design to be honest if i'm being real with you i think that's by design of the political class but that's a whole different topic on its own well the point i'm trying to make is that Mm. like uh, these discussions i think it makes sense for them to you know be solution oriented like it's enough to protest but Mm. protesting is not sustainable in the sense that how long will people last like for instance uh, you know i read that as to they're trying to resolve the acid striking, which is you know also a tactic. So because if kids are you know yeah. facing lecturers, then there's less bodies to be at protests and but, things like yeah. that. So you get what I'm saying? Like right now, mm. despite all the strides made mm-hmm. by protesting, the government still kind of holds all the chips. Mm. If you check the five for five mandates, the seven for seven mandates, like nothing has actually been. They've not ticked any of the boxes. They've ended SARS with you know audio engine mm. like they do it every year so if so we've really just broken even if anything mm. like we've not gained any ground on the government and my worry is that over the next couple of weeks something like people will lose motivation as you know real life starts to creep back on them you get what i'm saying especially if they yeah. you know the ask to strike yeah. is called off and yeah. other things happen because I, I was watching a friend's Snapchat, she was stuck in traffic in Libya, and she was complaining about, you know, the traffic and everything. And that's just the reality of the situation. A lot of people are going to be like, you're just inconveniencing me, you're not inconveniencing someone. Do you get what I'm saying? Exactly. So, yeah. at mm. some point, the solution actually, I know that the movement does not want to have leaders, and quite frankly, I agree with that. But at some point, we're going to have to see 
what kind of leverage can we get that will actually pay the government? Mm. So I, I know some people. Go on. Yeah, that, that's yeah because I, I'll just give you an example of I think was it two years ago or three years ago? Um, yeah, I think it was the that was 2012, I think. protest. Twenty twelve. Yeah. Um, was it that far back? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Twenty. Yeah. I remember Two Face was the leading voice yeah. at the point, mm-hmm. right? In fact, yeah, he was the leading voice. He was, you know, in charge. He was, you know, very vocal. Yeah. Then he got arrested. When he got arrested, we didn't hear from Two Face yeah. for like almost about two weeks. People were talking, and everything, you know, everybody was, you know, everyone was looking for him, complaining, were protesting, you know, and. He came up and he made a video with visible tears in his eyes and he was like, I've said it, so you people should not protest. Please go home. Blah, blah, blah. However, the protest went on. Yeah? But it was cut short because there was not another set of leaders. You know, at the end, those ones succumbed to the government and there was a kind of resolution at that point. Now, what I want to bring out of that is the main essence of you know not having a leader is actually very tactical in the sense that with or without you, the protest will continue. However, now we're talking about, or you made mention of people are getting tired, people are getting inconvenienced. I just want you to understand that I think about it's about 40 something of the something percent of the youth yeah. in Nigeria are unemployed. Right? If not more. Now, I'll tell you a very horrible statistic. Do you know that in the last one we did, the last time I was in the bank, that we did the statistics of people who earn salaries. The people who earn up to 100,000 per month in Nigeria and are less than 26 are not up to I know. I was uh, 10%. Then in Nigeria <laughs> see now it's because I used to work in a bank and we used to do all these statistics and you know all this rubbish. now I'll just explain to you you know maybe if it was last year people weren't as tired enough they did not have the motivation to do it now what I can just assure you of is this protest is actually going to go on yeah. for as long as need be now because we understand the MO of the government we have the poster boy mm-hmm. you know who comes and prints out and uh, <laughs> while holding his ipad and you know he's the condolence uh, you know vice president anything you want to you know amend he's the one who comes to amend we have that one we already know his mo his own is to come when things are very bad bring and out course. a dirty speech and it gets unimplemented and everything just flies over his head and we continue with our our daily you know way of life we have SARS officials who have not been prosecuted we have people you know you know how they do this thing where they go and visit the people you know who have died look at the one in um, your state that's his name on the same day where someone was killed he went visited the parents of the boy that was killed was and he visited the oba whose palace was bombed 
the boy who was killed was given his parents were given one million naira, and I'm wondering to do what. Obas Palace was. And the um, Obas Palace was given hundred million naira, and I'm wondering at what point do you understand that human lives are very valuable? If you can place a price tag on the human life, and the price tag is not worth anything. Because the minute you remove one thousand naira from one million naira, you have nine hundred and ninety-nine thousand naira, which cannot sustain you for anything. Imagine a parent who has had children, you know, or who has had the child, the only child, or his only source of food. Yeah. Because you know how Nigeria is; things are very bad. You save all your money, send your child to school, hoping that he can break even, and he can actually amount to, you know, become something in life. And all of a sudden, an idiot's gun fires, and he's dead. I the think, government gives you one million naira. How long would that I one think, million um, sustain you for the rest of the crucial context that a lot of people don't realize is that when it comes to you know the government and the motivations, like people, mm-hmm. I think people seem to assume that the government has some you know some kind of humanity left in them at somewhere inside, which is not true. Because Nigerian government does politics for mm. the sake of politics. Mm. Like, for instance, the example the example you made with Che Masunde, mm. the reason why he gives the over 100 million naira to fix his powers is that yeah. the over can secure his political base. Of course, for his second term. You understand? That's mm. really odd when it comes mm. to Nigerian politicians mm. and the political class and anything happening in the Nigerian government. People need to realize that everything happens for the sake of mm. politics. The reason why they can boldly print that snake eats money in the newspaper <laughs> is because <laughs> that, simply that, that, for the fact that, that they do not care about you know, how it looks or how people's lives are affected. They just need something to give them, you know, plausible deniability. Because if you come out and say that this person took money, obviously we can take you to court internationally. But if you just give something, as long as it's not the truth. You know, you, you won't be held liable for it. And, in, and as far as mm. you know, Nigeria is concerned, who's going to hold them liable? Is it not this guy? Um, forgotten the name of this guy that was a senator and a former governor of River State that was, was not Ojibwe or Carlos or something. Yeah, that was yeah. arrested. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. He was arrested, detained. Yeah. Was still he was still arrested, sentenced his to twelve salary years. as a senator and ex. He's back to the Senate now, I think. Yes, now. You know what I'm saying? Back in the Senate, he was yeah, sentenced to 12, 12 years, but he only spent six <laughs> months and in prison. He spent six months and in prison. You don't know where he was. What a joke, you know. And it's earning all his um, pension and he's entitled to those pensions for life. Like, if we really break this thing down, if you go and read the Nigerian constitution, like all these things are set mm. up for things to be how they are, it's not by accident or out of ignorance or things like that. Like, people always seem to think that Nigerian government, you know, they, are, they don't know what they are doing. That's why mm. things are... It is by design. And when you understand that it's by design, that you do, you then understand that, you know, that they will, do, they will stop at nothing to maintain the status quo. Which is why, you know, in my opinion, that's why we need to start eroding the power that they have somehow. And, you know, I don't have the answers for that right now, but at some point, we need to start thinking about instead of petitioning these people, because right now, that's what we're doing. We're petitioning them mm. to do the right thing. You can only appeal to somebody that actually sees you mm. as a human being. 
Mm. If somebody sees you as a nama, he's not mm. going to listen to what you have. To. Do you know what I'm saying? I saw the president's um advisor yeah. on media and Kimiko. Yeah, he called it child's play now. Bashir. He says that this, as far as it's concerned, it's just, do you understand? That's the mentality yeah. of the opposition. They don't actually take this thing seriously. Mm. To them, it's not a thing. To them, what's going to happen is that they will, uh, what I suspect may happen is that they will say that um, no more protesting because it violates COVID-19 chemical and anybody that's doing that is trying to jeopardize the country, send it the military. Yeah. And once you do that, that's you know that's checkmate. To be if we are being real about it, whether we like it or not, the international community is going to say that the government laid down a law to protect the people, and people are flouting yeah. it. So they needed. And to I'm sure that's why they are making use of this um, political talks to destroy yeah, the protest as well. Yeah. Then they, exactly to discredit the thing, and the thing is that they have the power to do that. Of course, they do. We've seen it in elections they more do. like times. Hmm over like it happens every election this guy already it said it now this um lie mohammed already said mm-hmm. it, uh, because of what happened with um Osho state governor you know he's saying um the uh, mm. thugs are making use of the protest you know to do something bad and they won't watch and allow anarchy to rule yes and, so, and we know they're the ones sponsoring the talks of course but as far as we cannot prove that to anybody outside then you get it starts this, these are the things that concern me when we mm. say, you know, we're protesting. And I support the protest fully, so I, I'm not misquoted or anything. Mm-hmm. But at some point, we need to start now yeah. thinking beyond that. That where do we erode these people's power? Because it's, you understand, we've said Occupy occupy Nigeria. That's happened in 2012. It happened again in 2016 or something. You get like, it's not like movements have not tried. It's just that. Mm. Going the distance actually takes a lot of effort mm. that people don't tend to not realize at the beginning. Like, this is better, like, what we have right now okay. is better than, you know, all the protests that have happened in my existence in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we need to realize that full electoral reform and changing a country is a very, very big task that goes beyond, you know, because right now, a lot of people that are agitating for this thing, if we are being real about it, out of the 180 million people that Nigeria is said to be.